and welcome to the Not Quite Scottish Scottish Football Show. In this week's episode, we'll be talking to an anomaly on the show, a Scottish guest, about all things Scottish and English football. Specifically, we'll be talking about the matchday experience. What does your club offer to entice you through the gate? Also, in defiance of the fast-approaching juggernaut that is the new season, my guest and I will be dishing out our offbeat, not-quite-Scottish awards for the season past. That's all to come right after this. Remember, you can contact the show on our Facebook page, Not Quite Scottish. You can also find us on Twitter. It's NQSSFS Podcast. Like, follow, retweet, or do whatever the hell you like. Your support is appreciated. Okay, welcome Mr. Grant Campbell, our first Scottish guest on the Not Quite Scottish Scottish Football Show. Uh, Grant, you're joining us today from sunny Scotland, thanks to the mysteries and vagaries of uh, modern technologies. How are you? I'm very well, Gavin. Thank you very much for allowing me to come on your podcast. I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, ab- absolute pleasure. And how's the weather back there in the motherland? Uh, very dreek and cloudy today. Um, just pretty standard Scottish weather, to be honest. Sounds terrific. Um, great to have you with us anyway. And before we begin, I'd like you to give you an opportunity to give us a wee plug for your Facebook Live prediction show. So thanks very much for, for doing this. Much appreciated. So I have a prediction show, which is usually on a Saturday morning between nine o'clock and 10 called Campbell's Footballs, where I really just talk about some of the main uh, football matches on in England and Scotland and pr- give my predictions on those games and also talk about some of the main talking points from the weekend sport in British football. Okay, sounds excellent. So um, if you're listening to this, please don't forget to tune in to Grant's show. And Grant, normally we ask our guests to perform a wee challenge to prove they know bugger all about Scottish football. (laughs) However, this week, um, I thought we'd let your predictions do the talking. So I asked you prior to this recording to make some predictions on a selection of this week's games. Yeah. I'm going to share the games and you can tell us the score that you predicted so the first one was Sikori Brieg versus Aberdeen so I went for 2-1 Aberdeen and you and, weren't far off it was 2-0, 2-0 to Aberdeen yeah, yeah. Um, Arbroath Montrose I went for 1-0 Arbroath okay and that was a dumping stunning spectacular 4-0 win for Arbroath uh, how about Cali Thistle versus Falkirk I went for one apiece and Falkirk pumped them. Falkirk <laughs> gave them a doing. It was 2-0. Um, worrying times again for Cali Thistle. And last one, Ross County Hibs. Well, I thought this would be a good game, so I went for 3-1 Hibs. Well, you were very close. It apparently was a good game, but it was a nil-niller with a penalty point decision. Um, so not too bad there. And we've got a couple more predictions that I'd like you to make. Who do you think will be the first manager to get their jotters this season? Uh, so I think in, uh, in England... Um, I think Mark Hughes at Stoke is under a lot of pressure. Um, he mm-hmm. ended the season quite badly. I think they only won two of their last ten games. So he's my... So I, in Scotland? Um, in Scotland, uh, I think Martin Canning, unfortunately. Yeah, also, I always think he gets a bit of time, but by the by. And who do you think will win the Scottish and English Premier Leagues this season? Well, I think the Scottish League is a pretty much a shoo-in for Celtic. Um, <laughs> in England, I'm going to go for my second team, Man United. Um, I think they've got the players this season to do a little bit better under Mourinho. And yeah, I'm going to go for United. Okay. And your final prediction, will Chris Martin win the Ballon d'Or this season? (laughs) Absolutely no chance. (laughs) Okay. Um, I think you'll be proven wrong, but we'll see at the end of the season. So, 
I guess this indicates with those mixed results that you're the perfect foil for my show. So here are some questions for you. Uh, which clubs do you support? So I'm a massive Aberdeen supporter, number one, and I also support Manchester United in the English Premiership. Okay, that keeps up the proud tradition on the show of almost every guest supporting Man United. So who is your favourite non-Brian McClare Scottish football player? If we're talking United connections, I'd probably have to say Jim Leighton, um, who's obviously played for Aberdeen as well. Fantastic goalkeeper. Mm. Um, growing up, you know, kind of went to my first football game back in 98, um, saw him live in goal. Fantastic goalkeeper. Obviously, I had experience to see him in the World Cup as well. So, yeah, I'd have to say Jim Leighton for the connections. And who's... Who's the worst Scottish player you've ever seen? Ooh, there's a, there's a few. Um, probably Chris Iwalumo for that miss against Norway. Ah, that joyous Norway miss. Yeah. One of the worst moments of my life supporting football. I'll always have, and, yeah. And how would you rate the national game in Scotland out of 10? I think it's, I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be. Um, I would uh-huh. say five out of 10. Okay. And if you could sum the game up in three words, what would they be? Uh, unpredictable. Inconsistent would be another one. Um, And dramatic would be another. Excellent. Well, coming up on the show this week, your matchday experience, the not-quite-Scottish offbeat football awards, hard men versus arseholes, and the Scottish-English quiz right after this. At one point, Charlton Athletic's defensive line was young fish cost a fortune. Can you think of any other comical literary lineups? So, Grant, you're a big footy fan who gets along to your fair share of live games, certainly at Aberdeen. What's the typical match day experience for you? Well, so I, have a, I have a ritual when I go to quite a lot of Aberdeen games. Um, before the matches, I end up going to one of the local pubs, which is just around the corner from Pataudry Stadium, called the Bob and Bar, which I uh, go in and catch up with a few of my friends and a few Aberdeen supporters just to chat about the kind of buzz about the game going ahead and... Uh, yeah, just to really catch up with the guys. And then we travel along to the game about half an hour before kickoff, grab a pie, get our seat. And yeah, it's just, the atmosphere is just fantastic. Yes, it's not the most up-to-date stadium in the world, but it is our home, isn't it? Yeah, and, and I know for the match itself, the average ticket price at Pataudry is around about 25 quid. I think the most expensive ticket would be 28. Do you think that represents good value for money? Um, in the current world now, where 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 money is kind of going up and up, um, I think fans sometimes are shortchanged by the experience. Uh, I would say twenty quid would be you know admirable for these sort of matches. Um, but then I, I then I think the quality in the football that certainly my team are playing nowadays is a lot better to say it was around about the two thousand and seven eight year when uh, Mark McGee was manager. Yeah, I mean, um, in, in no way am I saying that the standard is better but I went to watch this Premier League tournament in Hong Kong of course it's pre-season but to be honest I I didn't really see what there was to get so excited about you know like the Premier League comes with this aura that going to watch Bournemouth play West Brom is going to be amazing West Brom are utterly turgid (laughs) dreadful to watch I think I think one thing that shapes uh, football nowadays is undoubtedly TV coverage. Um, BT Sport and, and Sky Sports in Britain have really trying to sell the game to the general punter who actually doesn't go to football matches, and I think that's where the game is all wrong, in my opinion. I completely agree. I mean, for me, like um, most fans don't feel they get value for money at the gate. Um, what would you do to improve the match day experience, say for fans of Aberdeen? 
that, that's quite difficult because I think um, certainly the location of Petodre is you know very central, and a lot of Aberdeen fans actually don't actually come from Aberdeen City itself; they come from the surrounding area. Mm. So I so just for 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 your record for your fans on your show, I actually live outside of Aberdeen, so I have to travel into time to watch some of the games. So I think you know to improve the match day experience, maybe to get more sort of public transport to, to matches for fans who don't have cars. Because um, there's a lot of traffic in and around Aberdeen City Centre when match days are on, which is not ideal in, in that regard. So certainly the building up to the games. I think there should be some offers as well. So if you, like, I, I know Aberdeen do this quite well second half of the season where you can get a half-price season ticket, which mm. uh, a few of my mates have done in the past, which I think is uh, a really good thing. I think more clubs should do that. More, specific, kind of- more specifically, though, um, I'm more alluding to the idea that you go to the game um, a few warm-up shots at the start of the game. There's nothing really outside the ground for fans, you know, no fan zone kind of approach. At yeah. halftime, you might get a few kids coming on, taking a couple of shots, you know. <laughs> for yeah. me, it's just stale as fuck, you know. There should, I feel like there should be something a little bit more American going on there, you know, something yeah. that makes it more of an experience. Uh-huh. Well I, well, I know from experience when, uh, and this is not quite football related, but when I was at the Commonwealth Games in 2014, we went to see the Rugby Sevens. And one thing they did extremely well was they engaged with the crowd throughout the, the kind of breaks of proceedings from the matches by doing sort of camera shots or kiss cam and yeah. things like that. And, you know, just making it kind of really kind of cool. The only problem with that is Aberdeen Stadium is, you know, quite old and, and you know not the, yeah. the kind of best setup for that these days so, I, I just know, always feel like ideal. they don't make enough effort to you know like run the narrative so for example this week we've had the Green Brigade um, with Celtic and they've taken a bit of trouble for the sectarian banners and things like this and I felt this was going to happen for a while in Scotland because the fans are having to drive the narrative of what makes the football entertaining you know so like um the clubs aren't making any effort. It's the fans who have to make going to the football yeah. meaningful for them. And I just yeah. get the feeling that's the natural conclusion with the Green Brigade, that all the other stuff outside of the game is what is building up their passion for the club. Mm-hmm. I know from a, an Aberdeen's perspective, there was this sort of drive to try and keep the singing section going at uh, Petodre. Mm. Um, they were trying to kind of put it in the, the Merkland family stand then, which... Uh, I don't think was the I didn't think was the the worst idea in the world, but you know one one of the worst things that Aberdeen ever did was close the the top deck of the Richard Norton oh, stand for quite agree. a couple of seasons. And there was a gentleman on Twitter talking to me about this, and he said like, "Oh, the only problem with the upper is that you couldn't hear the singing on the lower." But I always felt that the the singing was generated in the upper. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, one of the things that I've learned, I mean, having been, I mean, Aberdeen have had know a couple of good runs the last couple of seasons being in the Europa League I've been to a couple of some of the Europa League matches against Rijeka uh, Groningen Real Sociedad was probably one of the biggest one I went to and the atmosphere for these games is absolutely astounding it made the hairs of my neck stand up mm. and tingle it was absolutely outstanding I know we didn't beat Real Sociedad but it was one of the best game football matches I've ever been to like before and after the game do you think there is some value in having that fan zone atmosphere where where fans feel a uh, motivation to kind of get to the ground earlier, you know, and to leave later. Like I often feel like, certainly in Scotland, football fans are treated as if they are criminal before they commit a crime, you know, like they have to be gotten rid of as soon as possible. You know, they can't ideally come to the game as late as possible. What do you think of that idea, the fan zone? I, I, 
I, I, I do agree how you approach that, though, is uh, quite difficult. And I think Scottish football could do quite a lot by looking at the German football league model um, in terms of the pricing structure and the whole match day experience. Mm. I mean, I've got a few pals of mine who've been over to a Dortmund game or a Schalke game where they can actually get a pint of beer. It's not going to happen in Scotland, obviously, but they get a pint and they sit and watch the game. And it's it's absolutely fantastic atmosphere. Yeah, well, I mean, as I say, we had that terrible tournament here in Hong Kong this week with the four Premier League teams and the only saving grace was the fact that you could have a beer. It was so bad. Um, yeah. I mean, I've always believed, I, I enjoy the league. I'm an Arsenal fan, as you know, and I, when I've got my own narrative with them, as I say, I really enjoy the games. But watching West Brom play against Leicester is probably one of the most excruciating experiences of my life. and. Uh-huh. Oh, it's just even terrible. though even though Leicester won the Premier League, <laughs> exactly. And I mean, the core of that squad is still there. It was just dreadful, yeah. though. Um, very, very disappointing. So I don't, I don't know how you feel about this, but in my opinion, I feel that clubs need to do a lot more. Um, as I say, if the fans, the young fans coming through, if the only narrative they have for football is attaching it to things like sectarianism, or we may see, yeah. for example, fans attaching it to just goading each other, the football becomes secondary, you know. I think yeah. they really have to find a way of driving the narrative themselves rather than yeah. rather than entering into a situation where you're having a go at your fans for being a little bit active or, you yeah. know, not focusing on the game. I think that's yeah. that's the point we've reached with a couple of clubs in Scotland. Yeah. Well, I think either way, looking at this topic, there's no overnight solution. I think it takes clubs, fans, supporters and associations working together. And I think while money's in the way, I'm not really so sure that we're going to see that happen. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, think it, I think you're absolutely spot on. I think there has to be a consensus from both the fans and even some of the club boards, the association, you're absolutely spot on. I think there's got to be a consensus there. Well, perhaps time will tell. And hopefully, in my opinion, we will see change for the better. Yeah. Okay, so either way, we'll see what happens. Uh, Next up on the show, we are going to be doing the Offbeat Not Quite Scottish Football Awards, so stay tuned for that. Here's a bit of trivia for my good friend Joe McKeegan. Did you know Microsoft have released 18 different variants of their Windows software since Liverpool last won the league? Enjoy that one, Joe. Okay, so now it's time for those um, Offbeat Not Quite Scottish Awards. And the first award we're dishing out this year is the Joey Barton Award for Fanny of the Year. Um, okay, so this one, I've went for Joey Barton himself. Um, I think he's been an absolute disgust at Rangers. Um, and obviously the fact that he's been sacked from the club um, and obviously went back to Burnley and did all the shenanigans in the FA Cup game against Lincoln City, trying to get one of their players sent off. He's absolutely mm. ridiculous, man. Cool. I actually went for Barton as well, purely for the you know the Scottish League is a dross, and I'm going to absolutely walk it. And then he ended up being a failure. Yeah, totally. Again, I've I've no issues with this guy. Um, a lot of the stuff he puts on Twitter politically, we're probably not far off being similar in opinion. But in terms of exclusively the Rangers move and the way he went about it, it, it was a bit silly, and he was made to look stupid. Did you have any other guys in this who could have made your, your list? No, that was my, my number one. Uh, so my other one would probably have been, even though I'm a big fan of him, would have been Chris Sutton. Yeah, good call. I think a lot of people like him this year. Um, he certainly livened up Scottish football coverage. He's also been doing some in England as well. I, I totally um, agree. Uh-huh. 
And I think that's a saving grace that he's actually livened it up, even though he is a bit yeah. of a douchebag. Yeah. Next up, we have the Alberto Luque Award for Player of the Year. Um, who have you gone for on that one? Uh, so I went for Joe Garner. Uh, oh, good choice. Uh, after his uh, uh, pathetic nature for Rangers, um, really don't like the guy at all. Yeah, there's no doubting that he was a flop. Uh, my nomination is West Ham's head of recruitment, so not quite a player, but this is the man who signed Zaza, Nordweit, Ayu, Tore, and Arbeloa last season, every single one of whom flopped. Indeed, um, that's a good shake. Appalling recruitment. So who would you like to go for? Would you like to go for yours or mine? That's tough. I, I, I'm happy with my choice, actually. Cool, cool. So we'll go with that. So the winner is Joe Gardner. Next up, we have the Jeff Stelling Award for Worst Team of the Year. Who have you gone with on that one? By a country male Sunderland. Oh, okay. I'm with you there. I don't think it needs any debate. Um, <laughs> I had um, bracketed it with Rangers on account of the the budget they came into the league with, the bluster that they insulted their fans with that they would be winning the next title. Uh, I thought that was extreme bullshit on their part. Um, they really, they've taken the piss out of their fans all through this whole process, demanding money, misspending their money. I just think it's an absolute sin. And so without infecting the fans with the same kind of negativity, I'll go for Rangers. Yeah, I think I, I, I probably would slightly agree with the Rangers thing. But I mean, Sunderland were god awful last season, weren't they, under, under David Moyes? Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no getting away from it. We spoke about it on a previous show. Um, a team that had fight and backbone, at least in previous years, despite being pretty average, had nothing last season and were an embarrassment to their fans as well. Okay, how about the Luis Suarez Award for Animal of the Year? This might surprise you, but I've gone for someone close to home here in Jaden Stockley. Okay, and can you tell our fans maybe who are not from a Scottish football background, why? So the reason I picked Jaden Stockley, um, he signed for Aberdeen from uh, Luton, having been a Bournemouth player, and he has been sent off at least three times, maybe four this season for us, um, and he's been renowned for his flailing elbows. Hmm. Um, a stocky character. Um, he's not a bad player, but he's a loose cannon. Yeah, I think his, um, his antics in the cup final are probably going before him a little as well. Mm. Uh, I've gone for Wayne Shaw, Oh, that is a shite. Um, purely for those incredible gnashers, that pie control and the attack on said pie, which I thought was um, possibly my favourite moment of the season. I, as you know, <laughs> I despise the relationship between football and gambling, um, particularly the fact that it is advertised everywhere and yet it is seen as something of a, a, a sin for players to be involved in it. Um, so for him to be given grief when it was nothing to do with the game, he got into so yeah. much that he's still getting into trouble for it. Um, I think deeply unfair. It was so, a, um, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to go with your choice. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go with Owen for his pie attacking skills. Uh, next one is the 1994 World Cup Final Award for Match of the Season. There's been some really dire games this season, hasn't there? <laughs> Probably yeah. for a really boring game of football between two big clubs. United winning against City 1-0 was really poor. Yeah, pretty bad game. I've gone for um, Hamilton, Dundee United in the playoff second leg. Yeah, that's a shout, actually. I couldn't have my mind kind yeah. of went blank a little bit there. Uh, it was a deliciously um, narcotic game. Mm. I, I've not slept so well as when it got to full time in that game. <laughs> 
Uh, next award is the Brian Robson Award for Manager of the Year. Uh, I've went for um, the Swansea Manager Guidolin. Oh, okay. Um, do you want to give us a little bit of colour for that? Um, well, if I, I could actually have picked Bob Bradley as well. I think the two of them have been a disaster for Swansea. Say they were very mm. fortunate to stay up. Uh, if I'd been for the the brilliance of uh, Paul Clement and Gilfie Sigurdsson and Fernando Lorente, Swansea would have gone down last season. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I mean, I've gone for David Moyes for obvious reasons. It's been well covered on this show in the past, but. Yeah, there's a good shout on Guidolin uh, and Bradley. I didn't want to pick Sunderland things for every single uh, award. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, okay, our next award is the Robbie Savage Award for Physical Appearance. Uh, Marouane Fellini. Oh, okay. Just, um, just because of the horrendous hairstyle. He just reminds me of Sideshow Bob from The Simpsons every time he puts on a United shirt. <laughs> um, I've gone for Hector Behrin, who <laughs> has become a broken fridge fixing porno moustached kind of Grease ball in recent weeks. Mm. Um, next up, we have the United Airlines Award for the scummiest team of the year. Who have you gone with for that? After as much deliberation, I've gone for Crystal Palace. Okay, so, yeah, do you want to add some colour? Um, simply because I think until Sam Allardyce came in, they looked a team that were going absolutely nowhere. Um, and they were quite physical. There was quite a few of their uh, uh, midfielders that were always getting booked against. I think he ended up with an average of about five bookings a game, I saw. Hmm. Which, uh, yeah, not great stuff from them. Yeah, pretty aggressive. I mean, I've gone for Leicester purely for the way in which they turned their season around um, after Claudio Ranieri left. Um, I thought a lot of the stuff coming out of the club was a bit scummy, you know. Um, I think there's a lot being leaked to the press. Mm-hmm. After what they achieved together the season before as well, it just amplifies how kind of grim that you know, that all turned out. Um, I thought Claudio Ranieri got a little bit shafted there. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, you have to give credit to Craig Shakespeare, though, for kind of turning it around, though. He's, he... Absolutely. I mean, if, if these awards were of a positive dent, I think he would probably yeah. be manager of the year or somewhere about there for yeah. what he managed to do in turning that team around. Yeah, the way, the way he turned them around was just excellent. I think it was a massive achievement and one not to be sniffed at. Mm-hmm. Definitely. We've talked about Aberdeen a lot on today's show. Did you know, while Billy Connolly may have been close with his suggestion that Aberdeen was Gaelic for hypothermia, the name of the club stadium in Gaelic translates quite loosely as a pile of shit. Okay, Grant, so as part of the show, as always, we ask our guests to make a five-a-side team. Your one was the Hard Men Scottish five-a-side team. Can you run through your team for us? So I, I picked out, obviously, I picked a goalkeeper. So I'd have to pick Jim Layton, um, one of the best goalkeepers to grace the Scottish game. Um, being around the block, fantastic goalkeeper, has to be a shoo-in. Um, I've, got two, I've got one centre-back. I picked Colin Hendry, um, absolute powerhouse at the back in his day. Um, did a lot of good stuff, a very hard man to pass. Then I picked two midfielders. Uh, one of them is Barry Ferguson, absolute machine in the midfield for Rangers back in the 90s. Um, again, had to be a shoe in there. And the other one I had to pick was that little bit of, was that little bit of a, a menace as well in Neil Lennon. Again, similar to Barry Ferguson, but a real hard man to pass in the midfield. And my striker might surprise a few people, but I went for Kenny Miller. A man who always seems to score goals, even on the biggest of stages. Okay, uh, no room in your team for Graham Souness? Uh, no, because just before my time. Ah, so you've gone with your specific time. Good yeah. man. 
Okay, so um, as part of this challenge, I'm going to face you up, and my team is the arseholes five aside. <laughs> um, so since you've picked Lennon, I'm going to remove him from my team and replace him with someone else. <laughs> so my goalkeeper would be Olivier Kahn. That's a very good only shape. Just, yeah, only just squeezing out Jens Lehmann, as seemed to be the case throughout their careers. Um, defender is Pepe. Easily the biggest prick to have ever played football. Should, should be in jail. Uh, my midfield is Roy Keane, for obvious reasons. Um, also, I had Neil Lennon in there, um, purely because I could have chosen Joey Barton or Robbie Savage, but I don't think they're arseholes. I think their persona on the football pitch was very different to their real-life persona. Um, up front, I've gone with Alan Shearer, because I just despise the man. Um <laughs> I think on the field he took a lot of shit, but I just I didn't like him when I was following football at my at my peak, you know. So, um, who do you think would win between the arseholes fives and the hard men fives? Well, I think it'd be closer than that. I'm actually quite confident, actually, with my team. Really? I I I think we cause a bit of an upset, like Scotland do seem to do now and again against the big teams. Mm. I'm kind of shocked because I think in hard men terms, a lot of the players you've chosen are not the hardest. I wonder maybe uh, Jim Goodwin, for example. Uh, possibly, um, but I, th- I, I, you, you could go for the hard men. But some hard, but some hard players were very favourable. Time, I mean, Barry Ferguson was a powerhouse in the field. I could have picked Scott Brown. He was the other man I could have picked. Yeah, yeah, very, but, very uh, interesting. But uh, I had to pick Lennon because you know he was always a guy I despised watching Scottish people. Uh, I really didn't like him. I still don't like him now. Fantastic, man. Yeah. The problem for me with Lennon is I think his behaviour as a player completely affected his perception as Celtic manager and continues to affect him in subsequent jobs. Yeah, I would, I would probably agree with that. We'll continue this feature in future shows, but um, I think on sheer ability alone, my team of arseholes is going to beat your I, I, I would probably, I would probably agree with that, but I think we'd uh, mm-hmm. put a few meaty challenges along the way. Definitely. At least you might possibly, you know... Stand up to Pepe. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm good. surprised you didn't pick Ramos, by the way. Uh, Ramos, good point, actually. Very, very good point. I could have probably taken out Neil Lennon and put in Ramos quite readily. Um, and, a uh, cheat, in my opinion. Yeah, and also I'm surprised you picked uh, Shearer ahead of, say, Suarez or Balotelli. Well, the second you didn't pick Big Dunk, I thought about putting him in as an arsehole. But I, again, he's like Barton and Savage. Yeah. He's not an arsehole, he's just competitive. Um yeah, and I'm a big fan. I really like Big Dunk. Here's yeah. a trivia teaser for you. Which English Premier League manager has, by some distance, the worst win ratio? So, Grant, we've been joined outside my apartment by a mass protest outside. So if you hear any unusual Chinese-sounding music, that's what's going on. But meantime, we'd like you to focus your energies on the Scottish-English quiz. And... Cool, we're going to get you to pick your wits on all things Scottish football in England. So, question one. Who is the highest scoring Scotsman in English Premier League history? I'll go Duncan Ferguson. Okay, correct. Big Dunk is indeed the highest scoring Scot. Question two. Which player, at a fee eventually totalling over £11.8 million, was the most expensive Scottish player bought by an EPL club? 
There's two options I'm thinking of here. Um, one of them is Alan Hutton, and the other is Craig Gordon. I'm going to go for Alan Hutton. Okay, correct. The correct answer is indeed Alan Hutton. Um, a lot of money for some very questionable rope. Um, question three, have a flap at this one. Which Scottish player is the most expensive non-Rangers or Celtic transfer to a club in the English Premier League? Yeah, very well done. Some good performances so far. Uh, question number four, how many Scottish managers are currently working in the top two leagues in England? Uh, feel uh, free. Alex Neal is one of them. Do you know where uh, he is? He was at Norwich, but he's no longer there. I think he's at Fulham now, I think. Maybe. Oh, Preston. Okay. Preston. A very good effort. Um, yeah, Preston is correct. Uh, David Moyes is one of them. Still. I mean, uh, oh, no, he's not. No, he's not. No. He's got side. Of course, no, it's not him. Um, so, no. So I'm going to put you out of your misery. I'll one. Um, the correct answer is one, and you've got that yeah, one. Yeah. Well done. Um, an absolute decline in the number of Scots managing in England. Okay, and your final question for a clean sweep, the first one ever on the show. Ignoring TV money, Chelsea were awarded £38 million prize money for winning the English Premier League. In millions, what is the difference in prize money earned between Celtic and Chelsea? I really like Celtic got a lot for winning the Scottish Premiership, man. I'm going to go for £36 million. I am almost spot on. 35 and a bit million was the difference. So that is our first ever clean sweep in the Not Quite Scottish Scottish Football Show quiz. Well done, Grant. Cheers, man. And there's no prize, uh, just the knowledge that you beat everyone else to appear on the show. Ah, so uh, that's all right. <laughs> cool. So, Grant, that's the end of our, our first stint on the Not Quite Scottish Scottish Football Show. I hope you've enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks very much for allowing me to come on, Gavin. It's really enjoyable. I hope that gives some of your friends in Hong Kong a bit of an insight. Not at all. And hopefully um, the sound has worked out okay. Um, we'll be working on that in future to see if we can improve it even more so for opening the show up to guests from anywhere. Um, but in the meantime, it just remains me to say thank you very much and tune in next time for the Not Quite Scottish Scottish Football Show. Thank you, Grant. Cheers. Thank you.